The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be hearing a message by Pastor Jensen Franklin titled, Prosperity in Adversity. So I hope you enjoy this message today on the Network Live. And all of us here at the Network Live want to wish you a very happy Memorial Day. I want to start reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Being unknown, yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live, as being chastened or troubled, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, listen to this, and yet possessing all things. There's such a opposite that this scripture is saying you can you can have nothing and possess everything and you can be unknown and yet well known what is that talking about it's talking about something that I want to plan into your spirit and into your faith today I want to preach today on the prosperity of adversity the prosperity of adversity There is a principle and a law in God's word concerning prosperity and adversity. And we are about to reap the prosperity that only adversity can bring. He said in verse 9 that there would be those who are unknown and yet well known. In Washington, D.C., there is the tomb of the unknown soldier. And that unknown soldier is buried there representing all of those who have been killed and they don't even know who the soldier is uh, because they don't have the identification. And yet, they're well known because more people have probably been to that grave site than anybody in the military. Being unknown yet well-known. You know what I think that speaks to is the heroes in the kingdom of God. The greatest people in the kingdom of God are not famous preachers, are not megachurch pastors, are not televangelists, or some person who is seen all the time in front of masses of people. But the most important people, I believe, in the kingdom are unknown yet well-known, meaning they're unknown by men and women and people but they're known, well-known by God. And I love this fact that he said in verse 10 that we can be sorrowful, meaning our circumstances in life are heartbreaking at times, are tough at times, are hard at times. And he said, being sorrowful, listen to this, yet always rejoicing. This is the power of an overcomer and a victorious Christian being poor, yet making many rich. How can that be? 
and having nothing and yet possessing all things. He is describing a people who are reaping the prosperity of adversity. And I heard the Lord in my spirit say that we have turned the corner, that we are in a position now as a people, as a nation. I believe the world and I believe your family and your business and your life it's time to begin the reaping of the prosperity of adversity. Adversity has to pay sometime. That's a Bible principle. Prosperity means to be successful, to be prosperous. Adversity means misfortune, suffering, and trouble. And we all go through both of those seasons of prosperity and adversity. But what I'm preaching about today is there comes a moment when the devil has had his time. And Jesus says, you've had your season of adversity. And I just want to make it clear. It's the devil that brings death. It's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the devil that devastates nations. It's the devil. But there comes a moment where we begin to turn the corner and God says, it's time to reap the prosperity of adversity. There comes a time when God says it's about to change. And sorrowful, that's how we can be sorrowful yet rejoicing because we know a better day is coming. This is going to be over after a while. Things are getting better and they're going to get even better. We've had our times of sorrow as a nation. We've had our times when it looked like that everything was set against us. But God has sent his approval on the prosperity of adversity being ready to be reaped in this season that you and I are in. The prosperity of adversity means there are some, there are some comp compensations in life. It means that there are some joys in our sorrows. There are some crowns in our crosses. There are some mercies in our miseries. There's some love in our losses. There's some appointments in our disappointments. And there's some compensation in our contradictions. My faith today is greater than it has ever been for the church and for revival and for the pouring out of God's spirit. And I'm going to say it like I want, even for prosperity in financial things. I believe my faith is greater than it's ever been. I believe God has authorized the body of Christ, his people, his church to reap the prosperity of adversity. Sometimes you just need a break. Sometimes you just need God to come on the scene. And I believe that we have reached that point. In Ecclesiastes 11 in verse 1, he said, Cast your bread upon the waters and you'll find it not many days later. He said, Cast your bread on the waters. And he didn't say it would come back soggy, but I believe it's coming back. I believe everything that we have cast and everything that we have lost, it's coming back and it's not coming back soggy. It's coming back with meat on it. Amen. It's coming back. We're not going to ask that question. Where's the meat? God is going to bring back what we have lost and it's coming back better and greater. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, I believe some of you have been waiting. You've been waiting for weeks and weeks and months and months. And in some trials for years, you've been waiting. But 2020 is going to be the year of reaping the prosperity of adversity. I want you to believe God for it. We often read Galatians 6 and verse 7. It says that be not deceived for God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. Verse 8, for if we sow to the flesh we'll reap corruption. If we sow to the spirit we'll reap everlasting life. And then verse 9 is what we leave out. He said, therefore, let us not be weary in well-doing. Listen, for we shall reap if we faint not. I tell you, it's, it's been a few times when I felt like quitting and like giving up, but there's a great promise. Let us not be weary in well-doing. You will reap if you don't quit, if you don't faint. I used to sing a song in this church that I wrote. And, uh, and it says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the first, second verse. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I'd sing the bridge. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you don't faint, you will reap. You're laughing at me, but at least I made you smile. But you go on and laugh because you're about to reap the prosperity of adversity. Have you had a lot of adversity? Hold on. Because if you don't lose your faith and your joy, there's always weeping endures for the night. Psalms 30 and verse 5. But joy comes in the morning. And now I believe we're going to enjoy the prosperity of coming out of weeks and weeks of adversity and days and days and months and months and years even of our past. God says there comes a moment where I want you to listen to what he said, having nothing yet possessing all things. How do you do that? God restores you. God blesses you. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Isaiah 59 and 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. There is a wave of wonder that is about to hit the body of Christ. There is a wave of wonder that is about to hit the earth. This is a divine setup. I believe it with all of my heart. There is a wave of wonder and signs and wonders and miracles and blessings that are coming out of this whole mess. And we need to know that we're going to reap the prosperity of adversity. I just believe it with all of my heart. And when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up like a mighty wave, a standard against him. And if we will lift Jesus up, I promise you, right in the middle of it, God is going to send the harvest. Let me show you what I'm talking about. We know the malignant work of Satan goes on. He's not taking any days off. He's always got a Cain for every Abel. He's got an Ishmael for every Isaac. He's got a Korah for every Moses. He's got a, 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 he's got a den of lions for every Daniel. He's got a giant for every David. He's got a fiery furnace for Hebrew children who take a stand. He's got a Herod for every John the Baptist. He's He's, he's got a, he, he's got, 
an antichrist for the real Christ. He's got an Esau for Jacob, but I'm telling you that we're going to reap. If you've got one of those kind of situations, always something, that is the adversity, but he's also got prosperity for every adversity. And if we will let God, he'll take the devil's tool out of his hand and destroy him with it. Now, listen, I really feel the Lord right here. David took Goliath's sword, the very thing that Goliath thought he would destroy David with. God took the sword out of Goliath's hand and put it in David's hand, and David cut Goliath's head off with the weapon that was designed to destroy him. I can't help but believe that the devil's tool is being taken out of his hand, and what he meant to do to destroy our nation, destroy our world, destroy the church, destroy your family. God says, I will take the tool of the enemy and put it in your hand and I'll turn it around for the good when my wave of wonder hits and you're going to see more people saved, more family blessed, more prosperity from the adversity than you would have got if things would have gone as normal. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy today. You know, the devil said, I'm going to take my number one greatest tool, death, and I'm going to destroy Jesus with it. The devil took out his his favorite tool and most deadly tool against Jesus. And he said, if I destroy Jesus with my best tool, death, then I'll win. But when Jesus died, God took death the death of Jesus Christ, and he used it as a tool to defeat death, to defeat sin, to defeat hell. He used the very thing the devil thought was his greatest tool to destroy Jesus with, death. Jesus used it to turn around and bless us with eternal life. That's called the prosperity of adversity. The the prosperity of adversity for you and I is Jesus took all the adversity on the cross so that you and I could have the prosperity of adversity. And I thank him for it today. The tool of the devil was on the road to Damascus. His name was Saul of Tarsus. And he he was killing Christians. He was persecuting, locking them up, and killing them, ordering them killed, assisted murders of Christians. As a matter of fact, he, he, he was there ordering and, and destroying the church. He was the weapon in the devil's hand, the tool in the devil's hand. But amazingly, God took the tool of the devil, slapped him down off his high horse, opened his eyes to who Jesus was, took the tool out of the devil's hand called Saul of Tarsus and changed its name into Paul the Apostle. And he used what was destroying the church to bless the church with half the New Testament. The man who wrote half your New Testament, the Apostle Paul, was at one time the devil's greatest tool against the church. But God said, I'm going to take the adversity and turn it into prosperity. That's reaping the prosperity of adversity. God wants to take the adversity that you've been through this year and turn it into prosperity and blessing of your soul, your spirit, your body, your mind, and your finances. Sometimes you've got to get low before you can go high. 
In Luke chapter 16, Zacchaeus, come down. You got to get low. He was up in the tree. You remember the story? He said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. And sometimes you have to come down before you can go high. Sometimes you have to go low before you can go high. The man with palsy was let down. His friends tore the roof off the church and started letting them down. Why? Because sometimes you've got to get low before God can take you high. In John 20, Mary Magdalene scooped down, the scripture said, to see the angel in the tomb. See, she had to go low before she could get high on the fact he is risen and he is alive. And Simon Peter wrote these words when he said, humble yourself, get low before you get high, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. One thing this coronavirus has done is this brought a humility. I think people realize everything that we thought we had as a surety, everything has been shaken. Hebrews said everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But I want to say it like this. There's been a shaking free too, because the stuff that doesn't matter doesn't matter. All that matters is Jesus. And there is coming the reaping of the prosperity out of this adversity. And we're going to have him more than we've ever had him before. But you got to get low. That's why Peter's said to humble yourself in due season and you will be exalted. If you get low and you go down, the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. And many of you right now need to hear that word because you have to get low before you can go high in the kingdom and your finances have been down and your growth has been down and your business has been down and, 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 you know, the enemy's just trying to defeat you in your mind. But God sent me with this message today to tell you to get ready to reap the prosperity that only adversity can bring. Jacob went through a season where adversity set into his life and he wandered for 20 years. He was in a place where he had a failed romance for seven years and, and, and he worked for Rachel, you remember, and his father-in-law lied and tricked him, and then he had to work another 14 years because he loved her and wanted to marry her, and the father-in-law stole so much from him, was stealing everything that he had, not paying him earnest wages, all of this, it's adversity, adversity, and one night when he reaches the low and his brother Esau's coming to kill him, and it's adversity, adversity for years and years and years, and he lays his head on a rock. And the Bible said he used the rock like a pillow and he used the ground as a mattress. That's pretty bad. He's homeless. He's helpless. He's broke. He's under threat. He's going through adversity. But the adversity was so severe that in that moment, that's when God came to him and he had an encounter and he said, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. I'm going to call it Bethel because this is where God came down. This is where God invaded my life. And then God started to bless him. Everything turned and God has come today to your house to bring prosperity out of the long weeks, months, and years of adversity. You're going to have revival like you've never seen it before. We're going to have revival in this nation like we have never seen it before. We're going to reap the prosperity of adversity. The devil should have left us alone, but now he's awakened the church and awakened the people of God. And you wait till we get back together in this building and other buildings. We're going to shout like we've never shouted. We're going to enjoy the prosperity of adversity. 
You know, I thought about the fact that, that David, you know, was anointed to be king of Israel, but then he goes through 15 years of hell on earth, adversity. He didn't go straight to the palace. He went through 15 years of being chased by Saul, being humiliated, living in a cave, being surrounded with a bunch of men who were in debt, distress, and discontent, and they were all there, and he had to take some, nothing and make it into something. He lost everything that he had, but he's going to reap the prosperity of adversity. He didn't go straight to the palace. God never lets us go straight to the blessing. And old David started reaping the prosperity of adversity. And God restored him and put him over the kingdom and blessed him and took him to the high places because that's the kind of God you serve. Job went through the adversity. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was the wealthiest man in the east. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 3,000 oxen, and 500 donkeys. He had a large household with servants and employees that did nothing but look after the vast flocks and work the ground, the thousands of acres that he owned, the richest man in the east, the wealthiest man in the east. But then adversity started, and it kept coming. And it kept coming. And some of you think it's strange that you're going through this time. Maybe you lost your job or maybe something happened and you didn't see it coming. And now you find yourself in such a, a, an adversity like you've never faced. But the Lord sent me today with this message that having nothing yet possessing all things, you're going to reap the prosperity of adversity. Because when God restored Job, the scripture said the season of adversity turned. And I believe the turning is, is here. It's here right now for our nation. It's here right now for the world. It's here right now for all of you and your family and in your business. And listen, the Bible said that Job went into that trial. But in Job 42, it says after this, the Lord restored Job double. The Lord restored him double. He went from 7,000 sheep to 14,000 sheep, 3,000 camels to 6,000 camels. He went from 3,000 yoke of oxen to 6,000 yoke of oxen. He went from 500 donkeys to 1,000 donkeys. God said, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. That's what you call the prosperity of adversity. This is your catch-up year. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that the enemy thought that he would would take this year 2020 and wipe us out, but God's taken that weapon like he did out of Goliath's hand and putting it in the church's hand. And he says, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I'm going to cause even the enemy to bless you. I'm going to cause the giants to feed you. There'll be food for you, he told Joshua and Caleb. And I'm telling you today that God's going to use what the enemy meant for our destruction instruction for our good and for our prosperity. So praise the Lord right there in your living room or wherever you're listening to this because it's the truth. It is the truth. I feel faith for this. We're going to have prosperity in the midst of adversity. You know, it's good to be optimistic in times like these. Don't be an old pessimist. Don't be an old cover girl for the book of Lamentations going around sad negative. We need 
some optimism from God's word. You know, the optimist sees a donut. The pessimist sees a hole. Which one are you? Uh, one man, the first time he saw a train back in bygone days, he predicted they'll never get it started. And then when they got it started, his only comment was they'll never stop it. <laughs> you know, some people just see life like that. They just, they just see the negative side of everything. But we're going to quit looking at the negative right now. And we're going to say, I'm going to read the prosperity of adversity. Adversity qualifies you for unprecedented prosperity. Now I want to conclude with this. You know, uh, there were two frogs, a little story I found, and I, I'll preach anything I can find. And uh, two frogs fell in a deep cream bowl. And, you know, like they churned, they used to churn to and they'd use cream to make butter, and it was just nothing but cream, and they were drowning. These two frogs were drowning in the cream, and here's, the, here's how it went. Two frogs fell in a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul, but the other took the gloomy view. We shall drown, he cried, without more ado. With a last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said goodbye. Croaked the other frog with a merry grin. I can't get out, but I won't give in. Oh, wow. I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll just swim around till my strength is spent, and then I'll die in more content. And so bravely he swam until it was seen. His struggles began to turn to cream. On the top of the butter, at last he stopped, and out of the bowl he merrily hopped. And the moral to this is easily found. If you can't get out, let's just keep on swimming around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That made me happy right there. That's the kind of spirit I want. I'm gonna, you know, I may can't get out, but I'm going to just keep swimming around till God shows up. I may not be completely out, but I'm going to keep praising God. I'm going to keep my spirit up. I'm going to keep rejoicing. And if you can't get out, just keep swimming around because that cream can turn into butter and you can hop out merrily with joy. God's going to bring you out of this. God's going to bring you through this. He hasn't advocated the throne. He hasn't stopped being God. He hasn't decided and changed his mind about you and your destiny. Your destiny predates your birth. Come on, think about that. He told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I already had your life planned. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. So nothing that's coming in at us, at us has caught God by surprise. God's not curled up in the fetal position by the throne saying coronavirus really messed up my plans for my church and my people. That's not happening, folks. I'm telling you that it's time to reap the prosperity of adversity. Everyone in the Bible who went through adversity reaped prosperity. And you say, well, some of them died in the faith, but they got prosperity when they got to heaven, I guarantee you. Streets of gold, eternal life, the presence of Jehovah, angels, 
a mansion on the other side. Hallelujah. We're going to reap the prosperity of adversity. These old trials, they just, they, they won't last forever. So shake off that heaviness and shake off that feeling sorry for yourself and shake it off and stand up right now and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive the spirit of victory. I receive today what pastor's preaching into my life. My business is going to prosper if I won't faint, if I won't give up. And today, God has a plan for you. Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge, and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Join me, Debbie Rule, every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule. And this week we'll be talking about how to have a magnificent Memorial Day during a pandemic. I look forward to being with you this Sunday at 6 o'clock right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. See you Sunday. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEO Radio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.